Joining us now from out in uh, cool but sunny San Francisco, California, boots on the ground, probably walking through the parking lot with a cup of coffee like Phil Mickelson, Rex <laughs> Hoggard joins us. What's going on, Rex? Hey, Rex, sorry about the 6.30 wake-up call. Which, uh, took care of that when he barely made the cut yesterday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, impressive that Phil knocked in a long one to do that. Uh, and, uh, you know, watching JT, Rory, and Tiger grind it out yesterday afternoon. What's the dynamic for you as you walk around the golf course without the fans? Uh, this week is probably the oddest. I mean, I, I think this is my seventh event since the, the start back. And at normal tour events, it didn't feel that much out of the ordinary. I, I'll say that there's been a couple Sunday afternoons, certainly last week in Memphis. It's a little odd simply because of the names on the leaderboard and the crowds in Memphis are usually so good. But that, this week's the one that really struck you when Tiger tees off, even early in the morning at a major championship, and there's no applause. And yeah. He makes birdie at this first hole that he plays for the week, and there's no applause. And you can keep going on and on and on. It, um, it, it, there's definitely a sense that you need to get over. And it's funny, players have talked about it. Rory has been the one that's probably been vocal about it. But Paul Casey also said something about how it's just difficult to focus. It's difficult to see fairways without people lining them. It's different to get motivated without them out there cheering, and even when they're out there booing. Hmm. I mean, it goes both ways. And so it's, it's something that players are still getting used to. Rex, uh, we, we had Hal Sutton on last week, and he made a, a really cool statement that I think is so true. And, and he said, sport is not, a, is not sport without fans. And, you know, there's a lot to that. It, it really is. And, look, given the opportunity, you know, I think players, Jordan Spieth has said this best. If you're giving us the option of not playing at all or playing without fans, of course they're going to pay yeah, sure. to play without fans. And I think every sport is sort of adhering to the same idea right now. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a major championship. They're, they're going to hand out the big trophy on Sunday. Someone's going to add to their collection or start their collection of Grand Slam titles. But it's not the same. Uh, is there a rumor going around that uh, Hao Tong Lee is on the uh, property already hitting balls and practicing? <laughs> I don't think he went home last night. He was still there last night when I left at 10 o'clock. No, it's, it's a two-mile um, two divot pattern on, <laughs> on the range. But it's funny. We were kind of talking about it yesterday afternoon with a couple of players, and what else was he going to do? Right. I mean, in this day and age, you know, there was a time when you could go home and you know go back to your hotel and then maybe have dinner with friends or whatever. But now it's you're just going to go back and sit in your hotel room yeah. while it's sit here and hit golf balls then do you do you think there's going to be any impact i mean he, he's 25 years old but you know there's still uh you know is is it is part of it what are you going to do or is, is part of it hey i'm leading the golf tournament uh and that might be some nervous energy that he's getting rid of and it'll be interesting to see i mean we had somebody from uh from DraftKings on earlier it's like is there a is there a prop bet at what time he's going to show up and how long he's going to be goofing around out there today um, it's going to be early. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. I, no, I think there might be some nervous energy involved. That's probably a good way of putting it. Yeah. And the other is, look, he just didn't have very high expectations this week. You know, this is just his third event back since he came back from quarantine. He he went back to China during the quarantine. And so it's he just doesn't feel like his game's in very good shape, if he's being honest. And he had no expectations this week. He talked to him yesterday. He was a little surprised. I mean, genuinely. So And so I, I think... Yesterday was just maybe an opportunity, and we've all done it. You know, you're a little nervous. You're going to go to the range and try to work it out. He just he had the spotlight on him. All right. So from a golf course perspective, being out there wandering around, uh, how has this course changed from Thursday morning to Friday afternoon? And what's the expectation that you think the PGA is going to go with over these next two days? 
I don't think it's changed a, whole, a lot. I think maybe the greens are getting a little bit drier, getting a little bit more firm. You're seeing some putts getting away from guys where maybe you didn't see it earlier in the week. And keep in mind, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, it was really cold and overcast. Or mm-hmm. The fog or the marine layer, whatever it is they call it, uh, it came in and just sat for those three days. And Thursday and Friday, we actually had some sunshine. I mean, the winds were still up and it was still chilly, but we actually had some sunshine come out. So that dried out the greens a little bit. But otherwise, it's it's been about the same. I think what you may be seeing in the rough is guys are ending up it's spotty. And I, so I think during practice rounds, guys were thinking, well, even if you're in the rough, you can, you know, there's still a 50, 50 chance you can pull a good lie. I think they're realizing that it's not 50, 50 and you're starting to see <laughs> yeah. guys get, get a little aggravated. Bryson DeChambeau yesterday was the example where it seems like every time he went in the rough, he was just kind of hacking it out. Rex, uh, obviously Brooks is, is in his, uh, element. Um, do you think there's anything to this hip flexor thing or, or do you think it, he, that's being handled by his, uh, his, his, massage people and that, you know i mean I, it looks to me like if it's every other hole something's up but are you are you what are you hearing um i would be more concerned i was more concerned when i thought it was the left knee yeah which he, yeah he entered last year and it looked like that's what mark wall his trainer was working on i'm less concerned that it's and okay. it, i think i'm less concerned for because it's a hip and this isn't something that seems to be an ongoing issue and the fact that these were only 45 second yeah. you know, m- moments. It's not as though Mark Wall had to sit there for, for five minutes and work on him and, mm-hmm. and try to just get him moving from the next tee to the next tee. Yeah. Now, there were some bad drives. You can kind of track every time he needed therapy. If you look at maybe the shot or two before that, there were some drives that really got away from him. So, yeah, I mean, if we end up in the same situation today, there will be con- some concern, but not now. Yeah, when you mentioned the rough, um, it almost seemed like – maybe the rough is penalizing the the guys that are more accurate. I mean, we saw it yesterday afternoon with Tiger. I mean, he, he Tiger wasn't hitting it too bad, but it seemed like if he if you missed a fairway or missed that first cut, if it just trickles into that the tall stuff, it's awful. Some of these guys that are actually missing it by 10 yards or so, it seems like there's more playability the further you miss it. Are you seeing that at all? Well, it's a, it's a weird dynamic. You guys asked me about not having fans out there. Mike Thomas, Justin's dad, was talking about this during the round. He's walking mm-hmm. along with them. And at major championships or any tournament, really, but you guys have been there. So especially with a group like Tiger and Justin and Rory, you would have had thousands of people trampling down the rough. Right. So you would have had this window of, let's call it, 15, 20 yards of just very, very thick rough. And then once you got on the other side of the rope line, you essentially just had a bare lie. You, you were just hitting out of dirt by this time of the week. Um, I didn't even think about this. Justin Thomas's dad pointed out to us that as media, we're not allowed inside the ropes like we normally would be at mm-hmm. events because we don't have to be. There's no fans. And he said even that is impacting because, again, a group like that would have had 10, 15 guys walking along inside the ropes, and that would have trampled it down, and you're not seeing that. So I think this, the lies are much more severe than they would have been otherwise. Isn't it a product though of of the sprinkler heads hitting that and not getting way out there on the you know on the outside of the of the tough rough? I mean, to me that's the most logical reason that the, the rough is so so high just off the fairway and then you know twenty yards on the other side it's 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 not that bad. Just as if just as just as if you know people were trampling on it, right? Yeah, no, it, it could be something to that. And if you kind of walked around and I talked about sort of spotty. Uh, some players mentioned that it kind of looks like they fertilized some areas and didn't fertilize others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can you can definitely see that you know there's there's some places where it seems like it's just hay and then some places where it's bare. Right. Have you seen pin placements yet today? And what do you expect? Um, it almost seemed like 
that uh, maybe the pin placements yesterday were a little bit tougher based on the wind conditions. Um, and where do you see the score going? Um, you know, it, 10, 12, I mean, is this kind of what we're looking at? I think 10, 12 is exactly where they're looking at, and they're probably very happy with where it's at right now. You'll probably see a couple more, and you know, a couple of those that are painted on the edges a little bit more, but it's it's not going to get crazy. Kerry Haig, the setup man for the PGA of America, is by far the best in the major championship business, and he always seems to err on the side of the player, so I wouldn't expect anything to get over the top because that's simply not what he does. That being said, it, it's overcast. It's a little bit colder this morning. The winds are supposed to come up, so he probably erred again on the side of caution, but I think 10, 12, 1300 is exactly what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. So, Rex, if I said you can only go follow one pairing today, which pairing is that going to be? Oh, well, that one's tough. Um, I probably want to go out and watch Jason Day. Um, I wrote a column about him yesterday, and he's fascinating to me because he has struggled, at least in these events, for a while after really being on top of the world and looking like he was you know, going to become that guy that wins five, six, seven majors. And he just hasn't been there. And mm. I, I think there's been an epiphany with him over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, he split with, a, split with his swing coach, but I think it goes beyond that. I, I think he got tired of sort of making excuses. I think he got tired of maybe feeling sorry for himself. Actually, and we're seeing sort of that old guy. And it's, it's impressive what he's done this week. He actually admitted on Golf Channel that uh, for the last few years, his attitude was just not what it needed to be. And he, he said, I had to change my whole attitude. So so that could be a reason. You know, and, and is his back going to hold up? I mean, it's always suspect with his back. I actually asked him about that yesterday. Did you? And he said it was it was interesting to me that he said after the quarantine, the first couple of events back, that he really did struggle with you know, not just his back, but really his, his whole body, mm-hmm. let's face it, throughout his career. I met him when he was an 18-year-old kid, and he had things wrong with him then, and I don't know that there's been a day that's gone by that he hasn't had something wrong with him. And that's just the kind of person he is. He's just kind of been dogged by injuries. Uh, this is the first time that he kind of dismissed it. And he goes, no, I'm fine now, though. Mm-hmm. I had 34 years old. He goes, I know I have my issues, and you're going to see him pick the ball up slowly out of the hole. Yeah. That's being careful. Uh, and the fact that he's made it this far in the week is a really good sign, given that these aren't great conditions for someone with a bad back. Yeah. It, but is he the kind of person that has – snuck up on us somebody that we weren't really paying attention to but we should have I mean we see this a lot of times in major championships where we'd like go after somebody wins we go huh you know if we had been paying more attention Jason Day has finished seventh sixth and fourth in the last three events we should have been paying more attention to Jason Day uh, probably yeah I mean certainly the fact that he he played well now two of those events were at Mirfield Village where he's a member of in mm-hmm. Ohio yeah and I'm not dismissing that I, I think it's still fascinating to me and then of course the, the top 10 last week I think that's always a good indication you can say the same thing about Brooks Kepka and look he had struggled really for a year and with part of his injury and some of his confidence and the swing just wasn't there but something has clicked really over the last three weeks go back to the 3M Open where he missed the cut but he had an opportunity to do some work in South Florida with his swing coach, Claude Harmon, and his short game coach, Coach Pete Cowan. Last week, you started to see a little bit of that swagger back. Mm -hmm. And if you look at ball striking-wise, no one hit the ball better than him last week. So, yeah, I think I'd put Brooks in that category as well. So who are you picking? I mean, uh, you know, we've got Kepka, Rose, and Day, who are major champions, uh, all at six under par. And then we've got a whole bunch of other guys that uh, have not won major championships and only a couple that have really threatened to win something. So, um, you know, if you had to say coming out of this entire pack, is it people that are at six under or are you looking any deeper than that? Uh, Brooks would be hard to pass up simply because, let's face it, we all know what he does in major championships. And I still think 
it's going to come down to Brooks. But I think the other player that I, I want to keep an eye on is Xander Schauffele. I just think he has the type of game that fits well at a major championship. Yeah. And he's not flashy. He's not going to knock the cover off the ball like a, you know, like a Tony Finau or a Bryson DeChambeau. But he's very consistent. And I think when you get to a major championship, and like we saw it yesterday with Rory, he was rolling along four mm-hmm. straight birdies. And then suddenly there's a seven on the card. Xander doesn't have those. Awesome. Well, Rex, uh, thanks for getting up early and chatting with us and have fun out in California for a couple more days. Thanks. You guys have a great morning. Thanks, Rex. Thanks a lot. That's Rex Hoggard, Golf Channel.